0: This conversation was recorded on May 28th, 2016.
1: Listener question. Oh, really? You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. I'm just going to read it verbatim. I'm not going to try to recast it. Word
0: for word question from listener.
1: Anonymous listener, yes. Anonymous. Mm -hmm. All right. I know that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, okay. and no one can take it away, not even ourselves. Interesting John way to put 10, it. 28 through 29. Fair enough. Okay. What does it mean to be blotted out of the book in Revelation 3, 5 and Exodus 32, 32? Also, Revelation 20, 15, where it says, whosoever shall not was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Help, please. Well, this is kind of an easy question.
0: We're going to have to take up a topic after this, I think. Okay. It doesn't say you're blotted out of the book of life. It actually says not blotted out of the book of life.
1: Where? So there's no indication that somebody actually is blotted out of the book of life. Anywhere in the Bible? Right. So Revelation 3, 5.
0: So I, I was going to go to, you know, because of course, the blotting out of the book of life and and, and things like this. Yes, pertains to a judgment that Christians aren't in. It it, it pertains to the judgment at the lake of fire, the great white throne judgment, where where no believer of this dispensation Would stand, be. will stand at all. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will not be standing at the great white
1: throne judgment. Where that phrase is used. We're part of the first resurrection. That's the, the resurrection. thousand years before. That's the, the thousand years later. Right. That's Revelation
0: 21. Right. That's in Rev 21. 20 and 21. Revelation
1: chapter 3 says you'll not be. Well, doesn't that imply some people are? Not necessarily. The verse here is, He that overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Yeah, maybe somebody's his worried his that their name will be blotted out of book of life. Well, if he that overcomes will not be blotted out, wouldn't the other side of that coin be he who does not overcome may be blotted out? Not necessarily. I think that's an un- that, just would- logically speaking, I mean, mm-hmm. just in terms of
0: logic, that's a fallacy. Okay. doesn't follow? It doesn't necessarily follow. It's no. possible, but not nece- necessarily. It might be the case. It might not be the case. Why even
1: broach the topic then?
0: Because the fear is there. Every Every single believer that ever lived Questions. Doubts. One, doubts that – like, just like this writer says, right? Yeah. This questioner goes, I know that eternal life is free. But. But, yeah, I know that it can't, it can't be taken away no matter what, but what about this? And so what's on the heart of that believer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's either not – it, assuming it's just their question, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. So what's on the heart of that believer is to yeah. good to be true, but –
1: Fear, a little bit of fear. Yeah,
0: and it doesn't apply to him, so I want to make sure that the questioner realizes that doesn't that, that, that judgment of the book of life and is that the great way it's run, we see it. We see when it is. We we see that it applies to very possibly far more people than the judgment seat of Christ applies to. In other words, it could be it could be applied to an overwhelming multitude, billions and billions of people. Right. I mean, to do the population studies on the millennium would, you know,
1: staggers the mind at how many people are going to be there at the end. Right. I think where the doubt comes in is you have the th- you you seem to have three groups. You have those who are not in the book of life. You have those who are in the book of life. Yes. And then you have this idea of blotting out of the book of life, where uh-huh. it's like they were in, but now not they're
0: blo- Can we say the idea of not blotting out well, of the book Well, how of about life?
1: Moses? I mean, referenced also Exodus 32, Moses says— you can blot me out of the book of life but, on behalf of Israel. Yeah. But did he? No. No. So, But he does say, Whosoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. But that's say part of that of verse. What's that? Does it say the book of life there? This an easy it, question. No, it's not here. No. It's not in Exodus 32, 32. No. It just says his book. Yeah. So there's more than one book. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're reading one of them. So blot him out
0: of uh, the book of Exodus? We're reading one of his books. Block him out of the book of Exodus? Well, we got other books, you know. We got the books of the Chronicles. We got the book of Jasser.
1: I don't know that all those are in this codex. So Moses says, blot me out of the book which you have written. Yeah. We don't know which book he's talking
0: about. Not exactly. If you want to call that the book of life, God refuses to do it. So, I mean, even Moses couldn't get it done. Moses didn't. Maybe Moses didn't know he yeah, had I, I, books. I, Excuse me. I've been around this, you know, a few times. Huh? All, all I see is that the negative piece of this. I just, you know, if the book of life is written on the grounds of election, and it's not my election, it's not your election. I understand? I mean, we both get that, right? I'll say that again. I was just My election, that. your election. We don't find ourselves facing that.
1: Revelation twenty one scene. Oh, I agree. We're not there. Right. Right. So But we also don't see the blotting out applied there. We see are you in or are you not in?
0: Right. Right. And a promise not to. Well, I think the promise not to is an assurance promise, yeah. In Revelation three five.
1: To he that overcomes. Now is this what is this overcoming? Is this perseverance in the faith? Or is this the At least. Is this the idea of that Christ has overcome? If, you know, let, let's, let's talk about perseverance in the faith for a moment. Okay, It's no small deal. No, it's everything, right?
0: It's a much bigger deal than you think it is early on in your Christian life. Isn't
1: it pretty much the only thing?
0: I mean, we talk it's about— It's just that you have no idea how many opportunities will come your way to not persist in the faith. And I kind of put that on the negative side. But- like big and small, you mean? Like small failures, big failures. Not just failure. Faithlessness. You know, conscious apprehension of what the faith costs, conscious apprehension of the way to cross and where it goes. No, nah, it's wrapped up in failure, right? And, and now I'll go to the book of Hebrews. You know, there are jeopardies that not all Christians are permitted to enter into because they're not permitted to go on in the scriptures. There's greater jeopardies the deeper you plumb the scriptures. So, you find great catastrophes of men in the faith.
1: Great catastrophes. You so find. So, is ignorance bliss then?
0: Sometimes yeah. you'll come across apostasy in, you know, an immature believer and they've already apostatized. You know, they've left the faith with hardly, you know. Yeah. Hardly moving along Snap at all.
1: Tap the fingers.
0: Yeah. You know. Don't really understand the word and still. Simon the Magician. Walk away from the faith. pure, Pretty quick. Devil takes that which is sown in their heart before they understand it. That seed sown by the wayside. But the jeopardies increase as the journey goes on. You know, you begin.
1: As any good journey should. I mean, the further you get, the more the. Yeah, the more, the, har- the more harrowing the adventure becomes, right? The more experience you have, so you're more skilled. Yes, more, you know, your trained. ship sails through greater, greater
0: na- narrower channels with higher cliffs and right bigger boogeymen. You have more to lose. That's one way of looking at it. I never, I've never looked at it that way, but that's an interesting point of view. More to lose. Well, because yes. you pain some. Yes, the destruction at uh, the destructions at judgment seat becomes a maybe a greater conflagration and a more and more sorrow, sorrowful loss. Yeah, yeah. I just had this conversation. I think we talked off the air just briefly about it. I sent it to you, but I just had this conversation or dialogue, written dialogue, with um, someone who doesn't want to see jeopardies. So. You know, to our anonymous questioner, I don't say that there's no jeopardies. There are jeopardies. You're just not on one of them. Mm-hmm. You're not in jeopardy of being blotted out of the book of life, but you are in jeopardy of being disapproved. As Paul called it, well, as the King James translators translated Paul's dis- statement of disapproval,
1: cast away. Yeah. Now that's interesting,
0: right? Because
1: you do, you do cast away something you disapprove of, don't you? Not,
0: not necessarily, but let's just talk about these language scholars, right? From Tyndale on down, here's English language scholars that, when they saw that word adokimos, which means disapproved, in that context that Paul was talking in First Corinthians, the ninth chapter. They decided to stick the English word "castaway" in that. either castaway. Yeah. So that's what they thought it meant. You just ponder that a little bit. You know, somebody came along here and saw this to be extremely serious, even to be called a castaway. Mm-hmm. Now that's not what the word is. The word is not "castaway," but the idea of. Shunned, being you know the whole idea of being disapproved, being shunned, being not included is a pretty strong thing, and Paul feared it. Yep, Paul feared it. That having preached to others, I myself be found disapproved. He feared it. So there is, you know, a good fear, but not the dreadful fear of the lake of fire, which I you know I don't I don't know what our a writer or a questioner seems to be enjoying the gift of eternal life i don't think anybody who actually has eternal life ever has the feeling of the dread and pangs of the prospect of the lake of fire i mean i had just a little tinge of that you might say when i received christ as my savior right i mean i didn't want to go to the lake of fire now i didn't know it was the lake of fire i didn't i didn't get that much doctrine mm-hmm. okay but I knew it was something really horrible coming for me. Yeah, according to my sins, you know, more horrible than anything I cared to ponder about.
1: So, just to tee off a little bit on your your, your previous thought of this, uh, or what I said with more to lose, but your statement about greater, jeopardies, jeopardies, yes. Just last night I was comparing and contrasting a little bit Israel with the church and um, how our. our tendency is to be high-minded and to uh, turn our nose up at Israel in their failures oh yeah and say you know we're better than that that's not us that's them it's obvious and evident their faithlessness in the wilderness for instance Yeah, it's laid out there for us in such obvious terms. You go, how could they do that? And you better, you know, bearish that thought. Right. And that's the whole point is like, what we have something that they didn't have, which is we have an example. We have them as an example. And the entire purpose of that example is for us not to go that same way. But what we tend to do is to externalize that and think that we're better than them because they went that way and then, in the, the same time, going the same direction. I just think it's it's almost like we're even even more wretched that way. Because so, were you in it.
0: Romans 11 with those thoughts? Is that is that where you were?
1: Well, that's where I was at in the teaching, but I was you know I was yeah. hopping back and forth in my mind between there and First Corinthians 10.
0: Be not high-minded, but fear. Well, that's a good. That's actually a very good couplet, right there, isn't it? Yeah, Romans 11. Be not high-minded, but fear. Right. They were all baptized unto Moses. I mean, of the couplet at the end of nine and the beginning
1: of ten. Right. It's a bad place to put a break. I think. Hmm. So yeah, just the the thought that I that I had last night was, you know, how it's almost like you say greater Jeopardies. So it's almost greater failure to have the example before us, like it's like an object lesson there to be read and seen. Yeah. And yet, what do we do? We 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 scoff at it. And yet we end up, you know, both as a nation of, you know, of people as God's household and individually, you know, falling into the exact same lust, the exact same faithlessness, the exact same wickedness that they did.
0: Well, here's another, here's another couplet, I think, that that maybe is on that same theme. If you look at, in this course, I you know, in my life, I've said this, that. This is a life changing passage in my own life. Mm This I think uh, marked Philippians three, Philippians chapter three. Yeah, where Paul says, um, verse eight: "Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and to count them dung that I may win Christ." I know you're a guy that hates to lose. Yeah. No, this is the essential win here. Win Christ. Saved by him. You're I supposed to win, win, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to win. Yeah. No sense going through all this and studying all this and thinking about all this and losing. Right. There's there's no place for losers in this context here. That I may win Christ to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I tried to explain this to young fellows. I'm going through Romans 9 10, 11 with them. Right? I tried to explain that there's a there's a motion here from moving on your own faith to moving on Christ's faith. That's a bigger step, that's a more sublime move in your Christian life to move beyond your own faith and to move to Christ's faith. Mm. And to have that that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. So there it is, you know, that ugly truth of it, mm-hmm. the way of the cross, conformable not to your own
1: death, which you deserve, but to his death, right. which you didn't deserve. <sighs> which is a, a more pathetic death, undeserved, and, and yeah. as low as it gets, right?
0: Maybe we maybe instead of saying a more pathetic death, maybe you could just say more, a more sympathetic death, and that would be now taking yeah. us to joint heirs.
1: Substitution. Romans, or-
0: Romans chapter 8, right? Mm-hmm. Joint heirs, if we... We suffer with him. Sim Pasco, if we, you know, have the same passion. Participate. The same passion.
1: Mm hmm.
0: You know, well, which is what he's. Being conformed to his death. Yes. Which is exactly what he's saying here, you know. That I may attain, and that, of course, there it is, that I may attain unto the, if by any means I may attain mm-hmm. unto the out resurrection out from the dead. That thing, that marvelous. Achievement at the judgment seat of Christ, where you are selected out from the out resurrection, not as though I'd already. Think. See, that's now that to that's, our back to our writer. I say that's he who overcomes, right there. That's he who overcomes, but not that I. have It's even more than that. This is a higher thought than that. I believe. I believe this is a high, this is the, I believe this is the apex of achievement in Christian life. This is the highest. Attainment possible in the Christian life is to attain unto the
1: out-resurrection, out from among the dead. Hmm. See, I would I would liken this to that where you're clothed in white raiment. Uh, I will confess his name before my father. That seems like, yes. you know, talk about co-heirship. There you are right there with him. And he, he confesses your name in approving association with you. Seems like that's the person who's This attained. is actually attaining an accolade. This is like an Abraham was called a friend of God.
0: Confessing his name before my father. I wouldn't equate those two, but we're on the same track. Okay. And I think confessing your name before the father and then giving an accolade. you know, further? Father, this is Jared Santo. He's my friend. You get a little comma and a title. Mm. You know? Dearly beloved, like uh, Daniel, God, mm-hmm. and, and so then he takes the he takes the exact opposite thought on this subject as as our questioner takes on the matter of eternal life. In the matter of eternal life, it is as though you have already attained. Do you have it? Right. Uh, of course, it's not attainment, but it's. It's a present it's a reality where this is not a present reality. You've received it. You have it. Yeah. It's there to enjoy. And that's one of the, one of the challenges I have with the young people. As you know, I teach f- age 4 to 18 or older in my Wednesday night class. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I try to bring them to is the enjoyment of their, of their eternal life. You know, I try to bring them to full assurance so that they can enjoy their eternal life. But here he has, you know, not as though I've already attained or already perfect as mature, right? This is beyond mature. This is is finished, not as though it's already finished. Now eternal life is finished. So this is now a whole different point of view. This is a contrasting point of view. And, of course, the problem is so many believers can't, can't, line these matters up, and therefore, they fail to do what Paul earlier in this epistle prayed that, that the believers would do, right? This is just now distinguishing things that are different. Mm-hmm. This is now examining details and saying, this doesn't contradict the general truth. This is not a contradiction of the security of eternal life. This is something different. This is something, as the translators decided to put in the King James, right, is more excellent. When they did that, when the translators did that, it doesn't say that. It says distinguish the things that differ. That's the more literal. But they said that you'd appreciate, literally, you know, the things that are more excellent. Again, the translators noticed that there's something very important here. You know, there's something better here. And Mm -hmm. the book of Hebrews, of course, littered with the word better. I mean, a bad choice of word, but a word better everywhere. There's something better here to be and, and, yeah. and, and to appropriate. And as you observe this better thing, which is winning Christ, it's above and beyond, which is the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When you start to see this, the principle of grace through faith doesn't change, but the certainty of it changes, and the realization of it changes. In that you don't realize it now, you realize it later.
1: And yeah, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. now
0: faith is the substance of things hoped for
1: that is they're not
0: they're not realized. Mm-hmm. They're not seen yet whereas eternal life is seen now. so
1: and the closer you get to that hope, the greater the jeopardies the more to lose.
0: Faith turns into hope and that's you know a lot of people, by the way a lot of people in going through the scripture, especially say the book of Romans and other areas of scripture, don't realize that faith turns into hope but you know now your faith is hope.
1: Doesn't it don't say even notice in Romans, now faith and the turning of the head
0: to the future from the past.
1: Isn't there even a statement in Romans that we're saved by hope? Yes. And that's not referring to the first things. That's referring to the forward-looking things, right? That's right.
0: It's exactly. The Romans is the, you know, Romans from Romans 6, 7, and 8 gives us a clear view of what's been done, 6 right. or 7, what now is. Which is why it says in Hebrews twelve, looking away unto Jesus. Didn't say so just looking at Jesus. Look away unto Jesus, because when you look at Romans seven there, and you're looking at you, you know, Paul looking at himself. Yeah. Oh not oh wretched man that I was, which is like the made up test, make believe testimony of about everybody that you hear. Mm-hmm. Oh wretched man that I am. Now you go forty years deep in the faith, that becomes a pretty tired idea. But it not go away. It just
1: tired. Yeah. It doesn't go away. Probably even magnifies her. it gets more annoying. Well, it, it is
0: magnified. It is more annoying because yeah. the outer man decays. He doesn't get better. It gets worse. You know, and, of course, Paul says, I forget the things which are behind. Well, you don't forget the death of Christ. That's, see, this doesn't apply to right. the backward-looking faith. This applies to, you know, I'm now I'm looking at me. And Paul had a very bad experience looking at himself in Romans seven, and then yeah. he finds other people go looking at themselves, you know, and he goes, "Look, in the way that you're looking at yourself i mean if if there's boasting, if it's allowable, I've got stuff that you if we compare credentials, my stuff's better than your stuff right credential wise but i this is this to me in my life, this is dung, why are you you know?" Pasting it on your wall. You know, I had an inclination about this as a young fella. In high school, I was about achievement. I, 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 I decided my achievements. You know, I I focused on achievements that I knew I could get and take big risks.
1: You know, they really
0: big. I didn't really risk failure yeah. as a young fella, you know. If failure was in the picture, i go like, nah, I'll just go succeed instead. Yeah, set your goals low enough
1: that they're easy to get. Well, yeah, that's
0: right. And so, at the end of my high school, you know, I I papered my walls with my achievements. You know, I the school kept like your the trophy
1: cards and your honor roll and your. What? Yeah, the school kept all the trophies and hardware, which you know, kind of your spelling bee contests and your. You know, uh... all those
0: spelling bees. I never lost
1: one. I never got the best. The best I ever got was like a stamp on a hand. I never got. You know, if I didn't get you too many girls, though, winning the spelling bees not going to get you.
0: I didn't have any problem with that, but
1: uh, <laughs> no, I, what spe-
0: winning spelling bees got me friends
1: among the among the fellas. <laughs> I when see. I won. The whole, they all won man, mankind won mankind men won, won. that's yeah. right
0: the boys got the extra 10 minutes of recess and as these boys would say after I won every time you see boys are smarter than girls <laughs> even though they were all sitting <laughs> the down the first
1: ones out yeah
0: they were the first ones out and half the girls were still left but I was won, so boys were smarter than girls <laughs> that's awesome but, uh, yeah, no, I never got anything for that. But, yeah, you know, different certificates. You know you know what it's like. You're in school and you get these things. And I stuck them up on my wall, you know. Mm-hmm. but what I want to say is I had a sense of this, you know, worthlessness because before the summer started, after I graduated, I tore all that stuff and I didn't put it in a box. I threw it all away. I got, you know, letters and certificates and every, you know, I had a pretty, pretty full wall, you know. Actually, I had two walls. So... um, but, you know, I had a sense of worthlessness in it. You know, really, it was. It really was. It, it wasn't just, I'm this great guy, and I got this sense that, you know, I need it. But it really was. At, I mean, at the end of the day, was, it's like a piece of card stock, you know? Yeah. You, as you got better and better, you'd go meet guys, you know, and you'd find out, oh, man, you know.
1: I got, you know. For once in a while, I go into somebody's office, like a higher up or somebody that I meet, and they have – all their certificates all over the wall. Yeah. And I'm like, you know. It's a little weird. The person thinks pretty highly of themselves. Yeah. Or, you know. And then maybe
0: you meet the guy has got nothing on his wall, and you find out, you know, yeah, yeah I went to, I had double 800s and my SATs. And, right. You know, 36 like Brilliant, but humble. Yeah. You know, I went to I went to Caltech or, uh, yeah, I went to MIT. Right. I graduated a year early. The kind of You know, these
1: guys, you've, you, you meet them, you got to pry it out of them. Right, which is more how Paul was. I mean, he was— it's how he got to he be in anyway. but— Yeah, threw it all out for worth? the
0: excellency of the knowledge of Christ, right? Yeah. Now, it's interesting because, you know, you talk about meeting people with stuff all over the world. How many guys do you meet that have, you know, the knowledge of Christ? Mm.
1: Deep knowledge. Mm. Right? Very few. It's probably guys who have a piece of paper that says they have deep knowledge.
0: Yeah, and as a rule, those guys
1: with the papers they know nothing. I mean, it takes four years and a bunch of money. You can get one of those papers too. Even the
0: guys that spent twenty years.
1: I mean, I've met
0: guys. You know, I've met guys that are involved in the work of the Lord. They've given themselves to it. They, you know, they went to the right schools, and they don't have. I did. I did a similar thing about fifteen years ago, maybe or so. Uh, I keep. I actually, I've done this a few times. I had a very extensive library. I mean, you know, okay, not like some men have, but I had at least four hundred, five hundred books about the scriptures, and I I called them out. A lot of them were totally useless. I mean, I don't know why I ever bought them. I guess they were cheap or something. I just, you know, got rid of them. the Internet, of course, uh, with and software eliminated a good number of the help- I mean, I don't need any of the helps anymore. Mm-hmm. They're all embedded in software, so that was volumes and volumes. And I found some of those, you know, useless some of them I kept. I've kept around because they have great bindings on them and very, you know, I think nice, <laughs> nice asset value. Yeah, yeah, just some asset value. But so that so that got those got kept in my library if they had great bindings and had asset value and some reputation. Even though I'd never read them again, mm. or the first place, which many of them. But I keep re- I keep reducing and reducing and reducing until I really don't have those books anymore. And I got maybe at twenty thirty, you know, I. I stick them at the church, and they're available for people to read or look at. And every once in a while, I'll see somebody picking up that, a book
1: and taking it to read, and I go, oh, you don't want to read that. <laughs> <laughs> I get rid of it. <laughs> I put little disclaimers on the front of each one. Well, yeah. Just, Only read chapter four, you know. Yeah. Be careful out for chapter yeah, seven.
0: Yeah, watch out for this book, you know, too hot to handle. hmm Lots of errors here. But Paul, you know, he was able to— Apparently, he was able—well, he wasn't actually able on his own to put it all away, right? I mean, he needed, apparently, a messenger from Satan to buffet him because of the abundance of the revelations that he received. So if, the, if God sent a messenger from Satan to Paul to buffet him with the abundance of revelations that he received, what's he going to do in your life when you are, you know, spoon-fed these revelations, you get them a lot easier than Paul did. Mm. Here they are, right? Today, the prize of the high calling of God in, in Christ Jesus is no easier to attain, but the truth is easier to attain. So, what does that mean? Well, that means that jeopardies have to be greater. If it's yeah, you know, if it's about the knowledge of Christ, which is what it is, then if that comes easier. The threats to it have to be greater for it to be what we call fair. Mm-hmm. I guess we don't have to worry about fairness, but we know that God is fair, right? He's just. So now he says, "I don't regard myself as perfect, that I'm already perfect." And then he says, "Let us therefore as many as be perfect." So, if you think yourself to be perfect, if you you know, be minded, like I am, not having attained. And if you're otherwise minded, God will let you know about this. He'll reveal that to you. So,
1: ties in with uh, with the greater jeopardy and the greater risk. Hebrews two one, where it says, "Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, yes. lest at any time we should let them slip, or let slip, or slip away. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just." Recompense a reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Neglect. Yeah. So there's a warning there.
0: Neglect. Um, I wanted to say something about verse 15. Mm-hmm. If you're not minded like this, God will reveal this to you. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus mindful, minded, excuse me. And if in anything... We be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you.
1: He'll reveal that you're not that, that minded, or is he going to yeah. reveal? Yeah,
0: he'll, re- he'll, he'll reveal to you that you're minded wrongly. Huh. Which is the same, you know, this is the word apocalypto. This is the same word to take the veil away. This is the same word used that um, Peter experienced. Verse 16. Yes, thou art the Christ. So you know that you're not that-minded. That's right. If you're not-minded like that, God will let you know. So I run across people that are resting with this all the time, you know, just resisting it, refusing these truths. Yeah, Yeah. And, you know, I guess, you know, that's a lack of maturity. Or it it, it also can be that... um, that God's not going to let him, because God won't let you be tempted beyond what is moderate to man. Or that is to say, able to be withstood. Hebrews 6, therefore leaving the, princip- the, the, the principles or the elementary things of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. This is now the same subject, right? This is the subject of perfection. How do you go on? Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, the faith toward God. Uh, you know, just not talking about those fi- f- foundational things of the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead. Mm. Not you know, instead resurrection out from and the out resurrection out from is the thing, or eternal judgment, which is what our questioner really is talking about—an eternal judgment. This we will do. What if God permits us? And why won't God? Why wouldn't God permit somebody to move on? Well, the jeopardies are great, and God doesn't want that one to have a catastrophe in the wilderness. So, some people are not permitted to move along mm-hmm. because they're going to fail,
1: but they won't be blotted out of the old. Amazon but they're life. Not
0: gonna, No, they're not going to be blotted out.